Today, we're launching a new series on women, wine, and leadership, talking about food. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things. And, you know, even though I am pretty thoughtful about what I eat, pretty aware of how I generate energy through food, and which foods actually cause a reaction in my body, I still struggle with maintaining boundaries in my life. And that's why I have decided to participate, collaborate together with Dr. Michelle May and Don Hopkins on a retreat coming up in April called Am I Hungry? And I, and I know that I, if I struggle with food, I know I'm not the only one. So if that piques your attention, I encourage you to sit down, grab a glass of wine and join us on this conversation. Today's conversation with Michelle May is a special one to me because I think I had your book, Michelle, I don't know how many years ago. And when I saw that you had done this work, helping people to, to figure out um, the whole food thing, <laughs> I thought, what a gift this is to the world because um, most of what we struggle with has something to do with food because it affects our energy or mental clarity. And so I'm not going to steal the show. I want you to talk about where Am I Hungry actually um, got birthed in your career 20 years ago. It's what an amazing accomplishment that you've been doing this for 20 years. Yeah. And, yeah. It determined well, to make sure more people know about it today. I, well, you know, this is the thing. I think um, most of us, most women in business, most of us trying to really carve out um, a legacy, some difference that we want to make in the world, it often comes from our own personal passion. There yeah. was something in our journey that made us uniquely qualified to understand what others are going through. And when right. we can tap into that, when we can tap into sometimes what felt like our greatest struggle to really uh, reach other people and help other people, then all the pieces come together. And so yeah. for me, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, some would say that our, our um, passion comes from our pain. We've, mm, most of us good, have experienced Good so. line. <laughs> that definitely was true for me. So <laughs> the story was that I went to medical school. I wanted to be a doctor, or so I thought I wanted to be a doctor. And, um, you know, kind of did the whole straight A thing all the way through high school and college, and then went to medical school and eventually became a family doctor. Mm -hmm. And I think although uh, outwardly it looked like I had it all together, and mostly I did, there was sort of this one little secret area that I struggled with. And for me, that was food. For mm -hmm. others, it might be alcohol or perfectionism, although that was an element of what I was struggling with. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that we kind of keep hidden from the rest of the world, mm -hmm. but it, it shows up in ways that make us uncomfortable and maybe uh, prevent us from growing as fully as we can. Yeah. So when I finally sort of figured out that for me, the problem was this sort of body image and chronic yo-yo dieting and really looking outward for the answers instead of inward, I, I just got really excited about sharing that with other people. Yeah. So I was still practicing medicine, but I decided I wanted to offer these mindful eating workshops for people who were struggling with food as I had. And so I was still practicing medicine and doing these little workshops on my half days off. 
And it eventually grew to the point where I really couldn't do both anymore. I couldn't continue to try to run my medical practice and, and do this other work. So I decided to really follow my passion. And, and I've been doing Am I Hungry? Mind Bleeding programs and training exclusively since then. So yeah, 20 years in, 20 years in business now. That's amazing. Now, I know the retreat that we're doing here in Colorado in April is one of the ways that you help people, but give me the idea of what your average customer experience is. We do lots of different things. So in my, my business plan might look a little different from the way other people conceive a business plan. Mine is kind of like a wheel, and at the center of that wheel is this eat mindfully, live vibrantly philosophy, which is everything I do is with the purpose of helping people learn how to eat more mindfully in order to get their food issues out of the way so they can live more vibrantly. Yeah. So that looks like books and workbooks. Um, it looks like talking to people like you uh, through media and other kinds of marketing and social media efforts. Everything I do is really about sharing that message. Yeah. Um, we also train and license health and wellness professionals to offer workshops for their clients and their communities, sometimes their workplaces. And um, I also speak professionally. So I'm hired to go on stage and share this message with corporate or healthcare or community audiences. Yeah. So, yeah. And I also run a little support community where I work um, directly with people. And then, as you mentioned, retreats. And and that's probably one of my favorite formats. I know you do great retreats as well, Donna. And yeah. I just love that face-to-face -face interaction, that ability to really work directly with people. I mean, the transformation that occurs in just five days is, it, it's, it's magic. You know, and that's one of the main things I wanted to focus on in this interview, because I know at this point when somebody's trying to decide how they want to spend their vacation time for personal care, um, some people, you know, can't get out of, you know, the guilt of not spending their vacation with their family. And when I ran my three-day retreat, there's, you know, I had a hard time sometimes convincing people to, to take time off is actually going to pay you back. So, so give me an idea of how um, people have been able to benefit from the, uh, the time together when you have, it's about four days. Yeah, we spend actually four five days and four nights. Yeah. Um, and you know, yeah, it is a huge investment, but you're worth it. And, and I promise that if food is an issue for you, if self-care and, and movement and other things have not been a part of your life, then you're not fully serving your family anyway. So right. I think sometimes we keep saying, I'll take care of myself later. I can't do this, or I can't afford this, or I shouldn't spend the time. But at the same time, we're not able to be fully present with our families, with our work, and of course our health can suffer if we are not practicing self-care. Right. So in my little corner of the world, the thing that gets in the way for a lot of the people that I work with, and, and I will, we work with men as well, but at, at our retreats, it's almost always all women. Yeah. It, it really is this issue with food. So I think a lot of the people we work with, um, they're really good at dieting for periods of time, but of course that form of restrictive eating is not sustainable. And so at some point when the stress gets to be too much or the holidays come or the temptation is there, 
they can't sustain that restrictive model anymore and they end up losing control, overeating or binging, feeling guilty, hiding the evidence. You know, there's this real shame cycle that occurs that then leads them right back to another diet, which just fuels the, I call it the eat, repent, repeat cycle. <laughs> I love that. Well, haven't we all fallen? I fall in that too. I just did a cleanse. I told you I just did a, a, a cleanse that made me feel so good. And then once I started back into just eating normally, what I call normally, I found myself overeating again. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to your retreat. Can you tell me one or two stories of people who've experienced just significant change after going through this weekend? Oh, I could tell you so many stories. Um, I'm working with an amazing woman named Luann right now who has attended uh, two of our retreats actually. Um, so it's kind of one of those things where, you know, it's, it's not just a, a life-changing experience, but it's fun and it's funny and we have lots of, you know, opportunity for playtime. I mean, so it's not like this intensive really, you know, I mean, she, she has chosen twice to use her vacation time to come with us. Yeah. And, you know, she was one of these people who really from the outside world, uh, you know, tried to look like she had it all together. But this, this shame cycle of, of, that I was just talking about a moment ago was really invading her personal life. And so over the time that we've been working together, um, it's, she's been able to peel back these layers. I, I like to describe it this way, Donna, is, and this is maybe apt because you and I are, um, you know, having this conversation in the month of Valentine's, right? Yeah. I like to think about it like a rose. So one time my stepfather sent me a bouquet of roses. It was one of those container boxes that, you know, they, sh they ship the flowers and the, and the vase separately. Yeah. And as I was getting ready to, to arrange these flowers, I, I saw that there were these little, um, uh, little kind of rub, no, no, rubber's not a good word, but they were little stretchy uh, nettings over each little rosebud. And there was an instruction uh, card in the box that said, remove the netting it was placed on there to protect the rose. Um, once you take it off, go ahead and take out the, the three or four guard petals, outer guard petals. And it said, they might look perfectly normal, but if you don't remove them, the rose won't blossom to its full beauty. Mm -hmm. So I thought about that a lot because that's a lot of what I work with with people is we sort of have these things that we do that are our guard pedals. And to the outside world, they look perfectly fine, but they are preventing us from blossoming into our full beauty. So yeah. in working with Luann, we've been able to pull back a few of these guard pedals, a few of these things that had kept her from being able to really fully uh, engage with her partner. Uh, one of the stories that she shared with us was going to her daughter's wedding and being so concerned about how she looked in her dress that until she really caught herself in that, in that negative mindset, she was distracted from being fully present for the wedding. And when she could see what was happening, she was able to kind of pull back and say, no, this is about connecting with my daughter and these other people and celebrating. It's not about whether people are looking at me and judging me. Right. So we, I just think we have a lot of these kind of guard pedals that we have to be willing to pull off, um, even if they are serving a purpose in our life as it is right now. 
That's a beautiful picture. I want to take a picture of a rose and include that quote. Those guard petals look perfectly uh, normal and it might look just fine. But um, it's kind of like, you know, my whole metaphor is the, the whole winemaking process and how the perfect grapes are plucked from the vine for use, but then they're pressed and crushed. <laughs> so when we forget that in order to get to the beauty, we have to go through some kind of a removal, some kind of a crushing that's going to prepare us to, to, to actually have, you know, produce good fruit. That's uh, a beautiful metaphor. And I, I know you're going to be sharing that with my retreat participants in April. And I'm very excited for them to experience that metaphor, not just in the way that you share it, but we'll actually do a little bit of wine tasting together. I you know, think. It's amazing when you combine the metaphor with something that people can experience. And that's why I love the idea of your retreat. You mm -hmm. teach mindful eating at every meal. Yes. And uh, we don't enter into a meal without being mindful about it. And I love the fact that it is, a, you know, five, five days, four nights of repeating this habit. Um, mm -hmm. It really takes 21 days to repeat um, something until it becomes a habit. But mm -hmm. that five days really becomes a time when people can set a rhythm in their own life. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's, you know, it's, I, I would like to say that it's, it, we have to be careful because sometimes people have this image in their mind that mindful eating is about sitting down to a silent meal and savoring every bite. And that's a piece of it. But really the way that we approach, I approach mindful eating is that every decision that we make along the way of eating is part of that mindful eating cycle. Yeah. Why we're eating in the first place, when we feel like eating, what we choose, how we consume it, how much of it we consume. And then very importantly, where do we invest the energy? What are we doing with that fuel that we've consumed? Because I think sometimes we've lost the, the understanding or the recognition that food is for fueling our big, vibrant lives. Yeah. So many women that I work with have made food their life, you know, yeah. eating food, not eating food, eating food, not eating food. And, and that's not the way it was meant to be. And so right. we want to just do some course correction by teaching some new skills. Actually, they're kind of old skills that we're all born knowing, but yeah. we've forgotten. And so we teach new skills for how to make decisions around eating that don't revolve around weighing, measuring, counting, and logging food, which is an exhausting, time-consuming process mm -hmm. that just distracts us from our lives. Right. And that counting and weighing. I have a friend who does this weighing thing and counting calories. No, I can't have this. Oh, it, it feels so restrictive. And it sounds like you're teaching a new way of thinking. Absolutely. It's a yeah. completely new way. And, and of course, I don't, I completely understand if people hear this and think, oh, that wouldn't work for me. I would just lose control. But one of the, another metaphor that I like to share around this is that this pattern that many of us have used around eating is, is this yo-yo pattern. I'm going to be good. Oh, I can't be good anymore. And then we fall back to the bottom. Now I got to get back in control again. And then I'm out of control. And we go up and down and up and down in this yo-yo pattern. But a yo-yo doesn't stop in the middle. So I like to get away from this in control, out of control model and change that yo-yo into a pendulum so that we can see that, yes, there sometimes, and you, you use the word normal eating, sometimes normal eating includes eating something 
that maybe isn't healthy, and I'm using air quotes there, you know, sometimes we undereat, sometimes we overeat, sometimes we eat really helpful, you know, local whatever foods, and sometimes not so much. And with a pendulum, there is a middle, and that's where mindful eating lives. And that's not about being in control, but it's about being in charge. Being in charge means I'm aware of what I'm doing. I'm aware of the decisions. I'm aware of all the different influences that other people I'm eating with, the foods I love, the emotions or stress that I'm under. And then I can make a decision because I have that awareness of what, what's going on right in this moment. That's a really good way of seeing it. Um, because I know that, that I'd fall into this. I know that friends have said that if you've already blown it, you decide to go ahead and just blow it all the way. Yeah, exactly. And, and this pendulum idea, this being in charge is completely different from that because if I overeat at one meal and I'm aware and not feeling guilty and ashamed and paying penance for it, then the very next meal I notice, gosh, I'm not as hungry or I'm not as hungry as soon, or I'm hungry for something different. Mm -hmm. and, and we naturally find a smaller arc between the extremes. So unlike a yo-yo that doesn't have a middle, a pendulum naturally finds a smaller arc and, and that is much more sustainable. Yeah, absolutely. And then the, the ability to just in your soul, give yourself mercy and grace yeah. to say, oh yeah, I had way too much pizza, but that's yeah. okay. Cause tonight I'll have salad and I won't have any pizza. But we won't do it, but we won't have the salad to make up for it. So that's a, that's a difference. Cause I played that game for a long, long time. And yeah. it led me always to be thinking about food in terms of punishment and exercise in terms of punishment. Yeah. And I think yeah. You know, really what we're talking about here is this idea of just throwing out that old model that doesn't work anyway. I mean, I, I, I meet thousands and thousands of women every year who have been trying that for years and it's not working. So when something's not working, let's stop blaming ourselves. Let's, let's stop assuming that it's because of, we lack willpower, we haven't found the right diet. And let's consider the possibility that maybe the whole idea of restrictive eating is flawed and it and it can't be fixed that we need to go to a different way of thinking about this right it's much more sustainable yeah you find that women come away from your retreats completely transformed with their own personal habits but then they find themselves trying to transport that back into their home mm -hmm. where they are trying to influence other people yeah yeah I, th I mean one of the things that i i I really find with this work is that mindful eating becomes a doorway into mindful living. Yeah. So they may have come because their, their struggle is in food, or at least they feel that it's about food. Although I often say it's probably not about the food, but we'll get there. Right. right. And so once they discover the power of curiosity and experimentation and non-judgment and awareness and this huge power of, of moving from the all or nothing thinking to being in charge. Yeah. It has a huge impact, not just on their, their health and their well being, but on the way they parent their children, on the way they show up to work, on the way that they really move through their lives because they get away from that thinking that I'm either doing it right or I'm doing it wrong. Because living in judgment is a soul-sucking way to live. It's terrible. And, and this is the thing is that 
in our culture, somehow this eating has sort of slipped by that obvious, um, you know, that obvious principle. Somehow we've gotten this idea that we have to eat in a certain way or look a certain way to be acceptable. And it turns out that that is soul sucking as well. Yeah, absolutely. The freedom to mm. live in this new space. I mm. think I love that. Really freedom is a beautiful word for that, Donna. It really is a beautiful word because that's, that's my, that's my purpose on this earth now is to help people discover freedom so that it creates space for them to do the work or the live the life that they really want to live. It's right. out there just waiting for them. But if they're waiting until they lose 20 pounds or they finally solve this food issue, then years, decades can go by and they're not really doing what they, what they should be doing with their time and energy. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking that freedom that happens in your, in your body when you start making different choices and managing yourself in a different way also impacts our mind in mm. an incredible way. And the, the mental clarity that, that I've experienced from um, some of the habits that you're talking about has been life-changing for me. And mm. I, I would, you know, I talk a lot in uh, group coaching kind of scenarios, corporate scenarios. It, the average employee engagement range is around 60 to 66%. Mm. And I would wager that that's because most people are, you know, 60% fully engaged in their own well-being, much less the rest of their life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I think there's a significant portion of of that where the distraction is thinking about eating or not eating. I mean, it's it's really quite. I'd love to do this study because I find that a lot of people are worried about that next meal. Are they going to have available what's on their diet, or they're so stressed out at work that they're checking the break room to see if anything has shown up? And yeah. I, you know, I just think. Right. That, you know, when we develop a more natural approach to food that we, you know, for this mindful eating approach, we don't have to be worried about it all the time. We learn how to trust that food will be there when we get hungry, that we'll get to eat what we enjoy, that we'll be able to stop when we're satisfied, and that we don't have to think about it again until we get hungry again. And it frees up all this space in our head and energizes our bodies to really be able to live that life more fully. So true. So true. Boy, this is, this is really fun. Um, and I, I don't want to overdo it because I want to make sure that people don't time out on us. So uh, I might have another interview with you as we get prepared for this April retreat. I'm really excited myself to get to experience this. So oh, I'm excited you're coming. From your own words, give us a little glimpse of what it looks like and where we're going to be in April. Yeah, so you know the area better than I do. This is one of the reasons I wanted to come up to your neighborhood is um, we're going to be in Colorado and I just love the you know the Garden of the Gods and the beautiful area, the the natural springs around there and I I'm super excited about that because our, part of the, our philosophy in, in hosting these retreats is to leave some time for people to experience their own self-care in their own way, whether it's hiking or going to the spa or connecting with their new friends, whatever that looks like. So it seems like a beautiful place for that. 
it's but we have a lot of work to do too. <laughs> we got a lot so we're going to have five days together. Um, we will do workshops in the morning. Uh, these are interactive, fun, and funny workshops. I'm a, I'm a very experiential teacher, so <laughs> we'll be doing lots of things to keep people engaged. And then as you talked about, we'll have a mindful um, lunch experience each day. We've picked some hikes to try. You're going to be doing a, a coaching and wine tasting session for us one afternoon. Yep. And then in the evening, we arrange uh, for people to go off and have dinner together without us, the leaders present, so that they can experience mindful eating in a real social and dining out experience so that they get to see what that's like too and apply those skills and to really connect with other women, which as you know, is a very powerful experience. Yeah. It's transformational to get to spend time away with other women and connect in ways that we don't with the people we're normally with at work mm -hmm. or at home. And I should mention, so it's a mindful eating and yoga retreat. So um, Dawn Hopkins is our yoga instructor. You are dear friends with Dawn, as, mm -hmm. I, as I know. She's an amazing yoga instructor. She has her own personal journey with disordered eating and eating disorder, and then full recovery with mindful eating. She's been one of our facilitators for a long time. She's been teaching workshops with her clients and her groups. And she is so passionate about this. I think you're going to love her yoga style and her own experience with mindful eating and how she just weaves it together just seamlessly. Yeah. Don was my instructor in my yoga certification and we immediately knew that we were kindred spirits. We just, we come from the same cloth. And yeah. so I'm going to have her on the podcast as well to tell her own story and to talk a little bit about yoga. Um, but mostly about how this has transformed her own life. She has a great story. Yeah. And I'm excited, you know, back on the subject of um, where we're having it in Manatee Springs, the Cliff House is an historic hotel that's right in the heart of Manitou. So it's walking distance from all this fun stuff, beautiful hikes. There's the incline, which is, um, yeah, a hike in its own right. <laughs> <laughs> I hear. I'm, I'm tempted to try it. We'll see. I'm tempted. Start working on your heart rate now. Um, <laughs> I have my best time on that is 62 minutes. And I'm, oh my goodness. And it's, and what altitude is Manitou? Um, you know, I have to guess specifically, um, but I'm thinking it's around 6,000 feet. Okay. That might, that might be the challenge for me. I love to well, hike. I do a lot of that kind of thing, but but I'm down here in Arizona, so. <laughs> I, I know, all you guys at sea level are going to be in for a shock when it comes to acclimation. Maybe you should try it on the fourth or fifth day. Yeah, well, and the other thing, too, I think is that this is not about beating ourselves up. This is about listening to our own body wisdom and deciding uh -huh. what's right for us. And there's no pass-fail. So, right. you know, if, if I try it on the fourth or fifth day and I can't get all the way up, I'm not going to feel ashamed <laughs> any more than I feel ashamed when I have a piece of chocolate. So there is a special escape route from the Manitou Incline at the about the 50% place. Um, so I'll be there to lead the, um, what they call the, um, um, 
oh, what's it called? There's there's a room, there's a there's a word for it, but it basically means you can ditch the rest of the incline here. Perfect. Perfect. The bailout. It's called the bailout. The bailout. I and like that. That, that. that sounds like a metaphor in and of itself. I know. And I personally like to lead people on the bailout because I want them to feel fully, fully um, give themselves permission to to say, hey, I did half the incline. <laughs> That's <awesome>. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, I, I sometimes call myself a recovering perfectionist. And sometimes I do it just to say, I can bail yeah. out. <laughs> you know, I did bail out. Something yeah. to be proud of when you've got that in your, in your DNA. Exactly. We need, we need that for sure. Well, I will post the how to register for the April retreat in Manatee Springs in the show notes. And um, maybe we'll do this again before it's all said and done. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. And we'll have to do it after. I'd love to chat with you about your experience and, and uh, share with your listeners uh, the transformation because sometimes people really don't realize how much they can benefit from this until they actually do it. So right. it'll be interesting to see what your experience is. Good. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for that myself. Great. Wonderful. Thank you, Donna. I cannot wait to, to share you with our participants as well. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Take care. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Women, Wine, and Leadership talking about the Mindful Eating Retreat coming up in Colorado Springs, April 19th through the 23rd. Mindful eating is eating with intention and attention providing practical, universal approaches to decision-making without restriction, deprivation, or guilt. Doesn't that sound like fun? Yoga is a wonderful complement to the practice of mindful eating because, simply put, practicing yoga is the art of listening to yourself. Get more information on this upcoming retreat at amihungry.com forward slash mindful eating and yoga retreat. Hope to see you there.